Hey, this is Aaron Conley. I make uh, Saber Two Swordsman, and you're listening to Eleven O'clock Comics. <laughs> I like that. So tasty. Did you hear it? It was like butter. Butter on our ears. So lovely. (laughs) You're silly. (laughs) (laughs) Silly bastard. Oh shit, we gonna do this. Yep. I read a lot of comics. Me too, man. And so did that. The list is long. Hella long. We should do like a a lightning round. I I wish you would. Yeah, because I was looking at the list, and it's your, your, your right list, and I'm like... Yeah, well, his list has shit from, like, you know, the 2016 11 o'clock. Yeah, oh, but no, there's... that's not true at all, but okay. There's a lot on his list where I start glazing over like Homer, and I'm drooling at the... <laughs> like, ah, Holy shit, really? No, whenever there's an oh, X... Shots are getting fired already. No, huh? whenever there's an X, like X-Men Red, X-Men Blue, X-Men Purple, was, X-Men Green. Like, that, put, that threw X-Men Gold on his list today. No, it wasn't today. It was, it, oh, it was there. Yeah. Because oh. it was, you got to be so it was there specific. Ever since Vander uh, bitched about it. It was not today. It was yesterday at 3.36. No. <laughs> it was during Lair. his vacation. Hilarious. Lair. Yeah. But yeah, there's a lot of stuff we got to go over. Oh, hails to the year. Sure enough. Hails to the year. Oh, I got some good one tonight. That is good. What do you have? You'll find out. Very soon. Because yes. this... You people out there listening to us this is eleven o'clock comics, episode five hundred and fifty-two. Damn. Yes, I'm feisty Vince B. I'm all reared up and ugh, I want to stab somebody in the neck. <laughs> You're bound up. That's cool. I can be angry too. That's I'm never bound up. I, that is true. I'm never. <laughs> That's one thing, man. I am. I don't know. I'm. I'm good. <laughs> Gooch, huh? That's right. That's 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 good. That's that's great segue. I am David A. Price. Indeed, you are. And I'm Armored Fleet Diver Fifteen. Oh, nice! Right in the heart, brother. Do it again. Armored Fleet Diver Fifteen. No, no, you're not. But I wish you were. You're oh, Jason. I'm not saying that. You're Jason Wood, everybody. Vince, it, man, if you ever find in your because I know you 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 frequent the uh, Japana toy scene yes. far more regularly than I do. Mm-hmm. If you ever find a Dairiger, uh, you know Chogokin type statue or anything in like the you know two hundred or less range, you got to hit me up. Have you checked Mandarake? Uh, I couldn't say that I've checked it because I don't even know what the fuck you just said. Okay, mm-hmm. what is it? Mandarake, M-A-N-D-A-R-A-K-E. Yes, sure. Mandarake. Okay. So, so, like Mandrake. Uh, okay. No, I don't know. I'm saying, is it a site? What is it? I don't it, know. That is the one place that has the rarest and oldest and toughest to get um, Japanese vinyls, robots. Oh, uh, well, see, yeah. But I'm thinking it would be much more than two, three hundred dollars there, though. Probably. Yeah, not trying to hear that. But they may have one that you didn't know about for cheaper. You know what I mean? You don't don't have to get the the grail. You can get a good enough. The excitement was born out of the fact that there is a Lego Voltron coming. I know. And it's amazing. And it's all five lions. You can build all five lions, and then you can turn them into the robot, which is so cool. And 
I discovered in reading about the making of this because it was um, what do you call that? The idea is it the Lego ideas or it yeah, was the a, ideas? Um, yeah, so so it was, um, and and I was reading about how it came to be, and there was a Diriger proposed in <laughs> 2016, but it never went anywhere. And I thought, oh, that would just be the best. Yeah, my pants would explode. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, how much is this uh, Lego Voltron gonna cost? Like One eighty. How many pieces? Twenty two, twenty three hundred, something like that. Oh, see, that's not bad. Oh, it's not bad at all. They, uh, we put um, a unboxing. Tyler, uh, Tyler, Tyler V. Uh, Tyler the Creator. S- yeah, sent us a link <laughs> to the an unboxing video, and we put it up on the Facebook group, uh, and it looks incredible. All 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 the lines are different, different sizes, different pieces. It's it's just it's so well done. Although it's Lego, so yeah. One thing I'll say about Lego is they expensive AF. But they never they never make poor poor right. product. Now, when does this Lego Voltron go up for pre order? Like, do I have to order it now? No, it's 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 going to be available at San Diego oh, uh, Comic Con, which is starting today. Sure, but uh, it will be available on Lego Shop or at Lego stores in August. Oh, so I'm gonna, I'm going to hit the Manhattan store mm. in August and hopefully I may have to pass on this. Okay, because Ashley Wood, the owner of Three A Toys. Have you ever mm-hmm. seen some of Ashley Wood's toys that he's produced? Uh-huh, but what's that going to do with it? They just put an Astro Boy, a 16-inch. It's called Astro Boy. <laughs> when you see it, you'll understand why. Mm-hmm. A 16-inch Astro Lad up for pre-order, okay. and I have to have this thing. I have to have it. Okay. And it's 250 So I can't go buy an... Um, an Astro Boy for two fifty, and then drop another two on a Lego. I gotta pace myself because I'll be getting in trouble. Pace yourself. And you're not Die Rooker. You're Jason Wood. Everybody, oh, yes. Hey, what are you uh, drinking? Oh wait! <laughs> wow. See, so got me all verklempt with this mm. uh, giant robot talk because <laughs> um, Go Lion. To discount comic book service, dcbservice.com. That's dcbservice.com where you can get your books getting fast and delivered right to your door for a fraction of the retail price, such as Bully Wars, Number One, Scotty Young, Aaron Conley, Image. That's all you really need to know, right? It's it's a must buy. Mm. Great, great artist, decent writer, so-so writer, right? <laughs> Uh, three ninety nine cover price, but no, no, no. For you, it will be a dollar ninety nine cents. That's fifty percent off. From Boom, it is the collected edition of Coda, the first one collecting issues one to four. They're calling it Discover Now. Simon Spurrier wrote it. Matthias Bergara drew it and illustrated it beautifully. The cover price is nine ninety nine which is a steal in and of itself, but you get an extra bonus, 50% off. You are going to pay $4.99 at Discount Comic Book Service. Last but not least, I believe the last issue of this dropped today. It is the Deathbed from Vertigo. Indeed it did. Six of six. Yep. Yes. Christopher Sabella and Riley Rosmo. Six issues, cover price, sixteen ninety nine. It's not bad, but 
discount comic book service, DCBService.com price is going to be $8.49. Wait, wait, what's that sound? Knock, knock, knock. My comic books are here. That's what's going to happen. You're going to be sitting somewhere, maybe your kitchen, maybe your living room, down in the basement watching old porn. doesn't matter. The doorbell's going to ring. You're going to go upstairs and get your comics right at your door. Nowhere else is this possible but on Earth and Discount Comic Book Service. DCBService.com, there. Now ask Jason what he's drinking. Uh, Actually, I'm going to bundle, progressive bundle my thank yous (laughs) and my uh, (laughs) – I love flow – and my drink roll call because I was gifted a bottle of Smoke Tree Pinot Noir from uh, Smoke Pole. Yes, Smoke in the Pole from you're dirty from Sonoma County, 2015. Um, Cameron Hathaway sent me this, and I'm hey. dr- yes, and I'm drinking it now. I guess the the delivery person tried to deliver it on multiple instances, but there wasn't a person of 21 years old to sign for it uh-huh. yeah but finally there was uh wink wink nina's, nina's not 21 yet but hey her her breasts are big so the man probably wow. said mm, well i'm i'm good. just saying i'm just saying so the man probably Jesus. said okay you can sign for it sweet thing mm-hmm. so yes i'm drinking pinot noir smoke tree it's good it's good nice yeah well, I'm going to fo- follow what? suit. I'm going to follow suit because I have thank yous from Cam as well. Woo-hoo. First, he was extremely kind to send me a set of, of, the, of the book, of the paper. Ooh. And it was um, – he sent me all four volumes of The Bunker by wow. Joshua Hale Fialkoff and uh, Joe Infernari. And I must say that uh, we, we, we read and buy a lot of book. So kudos to him because I read the first volume of this when it was a webcomic. Yeah. But I must admit that I had no idea that it kept going. Oh, yeah. I, oh, I believe that. it was yeah. at Oni. It, 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 well, these are owned yeah. from Oni, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So thank you so much for that, Cam. So I have four volumes of The Bunker, which I believe is getting turned into a TV show, or at least potentially. Uh, and then... My libation was a uh, 12-pack, well, two six-packs of, from Lagunitas, Hop Stupid Ale. What? Yes. Wow. Yes. So what What? What spurred that on? He likes bunnies. Uh, I don't know. What's, what do you mean, what spurred that? I don't know. Oh, because I thought I, I, I thought we were, well, no, when I say we, I mean you were uh, going to age 2 it up tonight. Oh, yes, I'm not drinking the hop stupid. I'm thanking him for providing me with the hop stupid. Oh, I see how it is. I am drinking, as you might have heard me open the can, I am drinking bubbly, sparkling water, grapefruit flavor. So this is the Hollywood drink roll call. Yes. It's fake. Right. Well, no, I was thanking him for providing me. I know. You don't. We we get it. But yes. And I, I screwed up because my glass of wine is resting upon a coaster. Ah, uh, yes. Yes. As and, is mine. And the person who supplied said coaster, Mr. Matt Templar Burden. Oh, it's, God. It, it's an Iron Maiden coaster. Trooper. The it trooper. is so beautiful. I, 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 actually, I'm lying. I did not put my 
glass of wine on it. I don't want anything on this. I, I really, I don't know where I'm going to put it yet. It's definitely going on the desk somewhere above mm. where I record. But I would love, and of course, you guys know I am not big on the beer. I need to try this. It's the I've had it. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if you'll like it. It's a bit light. Well, maybe you will because you like right. you don't you don't like the hops and the heavies. Exactly. Right. Yeah, right. it's a bit light. But see, this is where you and I part ways because oh. the hmm. the the form and function of a drink coaster is to have a drink on it. So yes. I want my wine to leave a ring on the coaster. I want my beer to discolor some some spots. I want if. it to look like I busted out one on it. And that's fine. That, wow. And, and that, that's that that's what it's designed for and I get it and 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 you have also uh straight off of um the way things are intended and and that's cool and I, we 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 all have our 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 little mm-hmm. but um if I had another one I would coaster the shit out of it. But something like this first of all cuz it's a gift and, and secondly because I I don't I don't really. I have coasters. I, I so I don't need another one really. So I kind of want to keep this one off to the side. There's it's it's there's a bunch of things going on with this that that makes me not want to use it as as it was intended. Unless Matt says, "Hey, go ahead and use it as a coaster, dumb shit," and then I will. But other than that, it's it's going to. Um, Try to stay as neat as possible for the moment. But uh, neat, neat. in the glass that is not on the coaster is something new and, well, new to me and, and different. And I figured um, as salty as I was today, I should try to um, do good, spread good. And, <laughs> and I am drinking common good. It's Newman's own 100% profits go to charity. And uh, although it already did since the liquor store already bought it and then I already bought it from them. So all those pro- all those proceeds already went. In any case, uh, it's Cabernet Sauvignon and it is uh, from 2016 and it is really, really good. It, it's, it's as is the case with most of my wines. It is not terribly expensive um but it tastes really really good so there you go newman's own common good and i will be buying this again newman right yes for those of you playing at home if the sound of me sharpie <laughs> sharpieing sharpieing is that even a verb sharpieing drawing with a sharpie on our uh liner notes that are gifted to our patrons. If you can hear that, let us know because I don't want you to hear it. If if it becomes annoying, if it's obtrusive, let us know. Cuz this is something we do. We give our patrons these in in addition to the box of books and all the other freebies, they they now get actual chunks of 11 o'clock comics history. <laughs> such as it is in mm-hmm. in their boxes. So if it becomes a thing, let us know. And I'll mute. <laughs> right. So what what do we have? So, we got the comics. You know what? Um 
both of you have now seen Ant-Man and the Wasp, yes? Ant-Man and the Wasp! Yes, that's true. So do you do you feel like talking about it or or no? Sure, I mean, why not? Well, there you go. It, it's it's on its way to being the least financially successful film in Marvel history. Wow. But it's the number one movie in the world. How could that be? Well, lots of movies start number one, but then if they fall off a lot the next week, then... But I also believe it hasn't been released in the UK yet. Yeah, I'm just saying projection-wise. It's projected right. to, uh, to be... Yeah, that's a bummer. Um, I it's Ant-Man is a movie that... The first one that um, my wife and I watch probably a couple times a year. It's... Um, it, it's up there for her. I think it's up there with, with Doctor Strange. It's, which I know, a lot of people aren't as enamored with, as probably we are. Um, but I'm. It's you know, a lot of people will say you know it's it's either any of the Avengers movies or Winter Soldier or Civil War, and that's like their and they're like top three. And for me, still, nothing's really toppled the first. Guardians of the Galaxy is great as Civil War is and Winter Soldier is, but uh, Ant-Man just makes me laugh, hits all the right buttons, and I thought the sequel did a really good job of continuing that and making sure that you, if you didn't see Civil War, um, you were, it, it was pretty easy to fill in the gap between the uh, between the conversations uh, Scott had with Hope and um, with and uh, dude, it took me. I didn't realize it until the credits, and I'm kicking myself for it. But I didn't know. I, I must have missed when his last name was said. But I had no idea that Randall Park was Jimmy Woo, and and I absolutely love that, and I think that's great. So the, you you know everything that happened between the first Ant Man. And Ant Man and the Wasp, uh, just by the first few minutes of this movie, and, and then of course there's there's a tie-in at the end of the movie, and I I enjoyed it. I know that um, you know it doesn't. It's been two movies, so it doesn't take much to make me appreciate an Ant Man movie. But this was this. I, I think it um, it hit a for me. It hit a good sweet spot after following infinity war and and while we wait for um for the next uh phase to move along but i uh yeah i i really liked it we 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 saw it last friday afternoon had a real good time laughed um was completely shocked um completely wasted our time waiting for the final uh stinger following the 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 end of the credits totally um but aside from that i really don't have any complaints about the movie nice um yeah i uh i saw it uh this past weekend my kids had seen it already so they went back for a second go around um i described it to some friends of ours um as it's the movie, the Marvel movie equivalent for me of like that delicious citrus sorbet you're given as a palate cleanser in between really rich dishes at a fancy meal. 
Um, liked it well enough. Thought the actors were good, and I thought it was uh, a happy movie. Um, you know, the characters were charming, but I don't know that I'm going to remember it. I, I don't envision clamoring to see it again or rewatching it often as I do some of the other Marvel movies. Um, but I felt that way about the first Ant-Man too. I, I, to me, it was just a, it was just sort of a, more of a, a notch in the long line of the MCU versus something that I wanted to make a tentpole and come back to. Um, so yeah, it was fine. I mean, it was, uh, it, it, I didn't dislike it. I didn't dislike it. It didn't irk me or wasn't, there weren't things about it that, that actively turned me off, like say the last Jedi or Thor Ragnarok. But um, but I, I just did, I just didn't think there was much there. I thought it was a very light story, a very intimate story that that revolved around just a, a handful of people. Um, and I, I do think for me, it suffered from what most Marvel films suffer from, which is very weak and and uh, immemorable villains. Uh, if I had a complaint about the film, it would be that they took, um, I, I think, one of the best actors in the business and turned him into a caricature mobster, which I. That was a sort of waste of him as an actor, but, uh, but, but yeah, I mean, but, but overall, um, you know, it was certainly a, a better than a kick in the teeth in terms of, uh, spending two hours doing something. There you go. So, nice. Yeah. Okay. So now you want and to talk- I presume, I presume you won't be seeing it. <laughs> no, no, no. You want to talk about some paper? Of course. You go. Is your list is, your list you're is the worst th- at transitions. You're so good at transitioning to the DCB service spot, but you're like the worst when it comes to the comic transitions. The the absolute worst. Like you're like, hey, you want to talk about paper? Sure. Okay, go ahead. The absolute <laughs> worst ever. Hmm. Your list is nine thousand miles long. I thought you could maybe chop a few books off that. <laughs> um. Well, but what fun is that, Vince? Isn't it more fun to collab? I don't think. You guys read anything that I read for this week. So you and David can collab. I guess that is true, isn't it? Yeah. You didn't read uh, The New Lieutenants of Metal, number one? <laughs> no. no. <laughs> I thought that'd be right up your alley. No, I did not. Uh, let's see. What do I want to speak on? Um, oh, you know what? Uh, let's speak on um, uh, Farmhand. Go Farmhand ahead. Farmhand, number one, um, by Image Comics. It... Uh, it is the follow-up for Rob Guillory. Uh, in this case, he is the writer and the artist of the book. Um, most people know him as the uh, artist behind Chu for lo those many, many years. Um, and I picked it up basically on his name because I, I dug him at, uh, um, you know, I, I dug him on Chu. Um, and uh, I didn't really know what to expect beyond the uh you know the fact that it was his book and uh as you might imagine from the title it, it does revolve around the farm but it was nothing at all what i expected i get well that's not fair to say because i didn't have expectations but it was definitely something that was unique in it, it, the setup is there is a gentleman who is a writer uh and he is uh he is uh, conspicuously like a rob guillory drawn rob guillory mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just like him and he's married. Uh, he's uh, like David. He's down with the squirrel. That's right. Uh, he's married. And they have two kids. And it starts off where this gentleman's having a. Well, we find out it's a nightmare. But he's, it's the, the book starts off with 
uh, uh, him as a youngster on the farm, and he and his sister think that their dad is away from the farm, but something happens where they see something in the ground. Uh, oh, they find a dead uh, a dead chicken. They think like a fox is into the hen house or something, but when they pick up the dead chicken, uh, under the dirt is an eyeball. So they start digging, and it's their dad, and their dad is like under the ground, and he's he's begging them not to dig him up, but something goes awry. They dig him up. Some kind of monstrous devil tree uh, engulfs him, and uh, and he wakes up from the dream. Um, and now it's it's uh, he's in a, a city in his normal life, but they're heading to the farm to reconnect with his father, who they haven't seen in quite some time. So. Um, when they arrive at the farm, though, it's not at all what I would have expected. It is a gigantic industrial complex. It is, it is like a futuristic uh, Jules Verne version of a farm, and they have to be signed in from security. And there's uh, trams and all kinds of high tech gadgetry, and there's tours going on. And as it turns out, um, this is a farm that grows organs using some kind of strange. Uh, biological breakthrough that his father had helped discover where basically um, whatever kind of genome it is that they've, that they've discovered allows plants to grow organs of any, of any type. And now it's uh, this massive company as a result, because of course there'd be incredible amounts of money in that and being able to grow super fast and easy and and inexpensive uh, organ replacements for people. And they grow eyes and livers and hearts and, you know, anything you can imagine. Um, so it's this straight, it's this book where it's just, on one hand, it's the undercurrent is uh, the father and son reuniting after being disconnected and, uh, and their desire to, um, to do that. And then uh, on the other hand, you have this strange sci-fi with this nefarious overtone of why are they doing this? What are they doing? Um, so it, it's, it's quirky, man. It's, it's not like anything, you're going to see other places, and I think that Guillory's cartoony style is perfect for this. Uh, you know, it's it's certainly in the same sensibilities as Chew in, in terms of the body horror and the the strange organic nature of these monstrous plants. Uh, it's clear that there are some ne'er do wells who are trying to steal the technology. His father, his father, is is more than he seems because he's not he's not just a farmer anymore. He's he's now an industrialist. So, uh, I'm totally on board. It's, it's going to be a wild ride for sure. And, uh, I, I, you know, again, I, I don't, I don't know how there's, I don't know that there's any way to describe this book, uh, or, or compare this book to anything. Uh, I think inherently it will probably suffer a bit from being compared to Chew because Rob's cartooning is such a distinctive style. Uh, and although he's writing this, he is playing in a little bit of the same background in the sense that, Chew was all about the magic of eating things and sometimes even body parts and having magic imbued from that in different ways. And and this is about body parts and organs and, and the organic nature of that. So there are some similarities, whether he intended for that or not. Um, but uh, I'm definitely going to give this first arc a ride and, and see if he can, he can keep me hooked. Um, what did you think, Dan? Uh, I pretty much echo your sentiments as far as the uh the similarities to chew it was um i mean art art style aside yes whereas detective chew was 
the whole premise behind that series, and now here where you have um, just based on a farm and 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 the whole growing things, and um, there's it's it's close enough where you know mm-hmm. yes, if you like Rob's artwork and you like Chu, give Farming a try, and and uh, I saw the cover and that kind of gave me some indication of that this was going to be a little freaky and, and, and off the um, the beaten path. Dig the characters. I think it was a great setup with the family uh, and and the and the dad and, and of course the sister. I love the whole um, Willy Wonka Disney style introduction to it, it, Rob sets it up so that you're not hit over the head with captions or text pieces of of being introduced to this world or these characters you're going on a ride with the family while they introduce you to the farm and what the farm's for and now we're all pretty much on the same page so i I appreciate the storytelling technique there um the whole um you know if it was just the family that that might be a, a neat enough story on its own, just to find out what what exactly um, to to get a little bit deeper into the into the fallout with the family and and why there's been seven years and and they've been apart and uh, so 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 there's enough there that I think Rob could have fun with, but then he introduces this whole side, not even a side story, but this whole other plot line where. People are there's a whole faction trying to infiltrate the the pharmaceutical and and get their secrets and and steal whatever they can and obviously this this um, I it's weird I expected um, I almost expected it to what was weird is so you have the whole complex. Signs all over the place as soon as you show up. No cell phones, no photos, can't do this, can't do that. But they leave the door unlocked and unguarded where mm-hmm. this kid can just walk in right. and, and snip something off of a um, off a tree. And it's just like, I don't, It that's just kind of, in order to get to where we needed to go for the end of the issue, I think Rob could have done that. I don't want to say in a smarter way because it's 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 a smart book, but it's it's um that that reading that just kind of stuck out like the thumb the kid took. It mm-hmm. just it, it really um I wasn't expecting that after the way everything else was detailed and 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 done really well. Um, but I think you know Rob, I, I love the expressions Rob has for, for the characters, especially uh, the kids. And um, I, you know, I, I liked it. But like you, I really didn't know what to expect. So I, I'm definitely along for, uh, for the ride for now. I, I want to see, you know, what exactly what's motivating dad, what, what really is uh, what his connection is to this land because that, that dream's got to mean something from the beginning of the issue. There's, there's just, there, there are definitely questions I have. I, I need to see this play out. Um, so yeah, I bit between Rob's Rob's work on the, the, his artwork and 
even the back matter where you, um, you know, apparently he's been working on this for a while. I, I, I love the, um, the, the back cover where, you know, you get, you get the dates for the next four issues, one through five. He's already got them dated out and, and, um, and, and just the way it kind of looks where you almost like the back of a brochure, if you were to come to, um, the Jenkins family pharmaceutical Institute. I just, I, I, I like the packaging of it. I'm yeah, I, I'm impressed. I'm definitely willing to, uh, to give this a shot at least, like you said, for at least for the first arc, I am mm-hmm. dying to, uh, I just, it's, it's, it's got enough going on where I, I'm definitely intrigued. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of chew, I have a book with a creature that likes to put the bite on its victims. Oh, but I'm bummed. Yeah. Maybe my rating will go up. Um, this is a book <laughs> that... That's a good transition. I see. That's what I'm saying. Maybe my, maybe I'll go up a few ticks. Uh, this is a book that tickles multiple sweet spots. It's an ongoing that I relish every time it comes out. It's Hackslash Resurrection. Love the book. Doesn't mm-hmm. matter. Doesn't matter um, what's going on, what's transpiring in the book. I love these two characters of Cassie Hack and Vlad. I love them. They are very close to my heart. And um, like I said, it doesn't really matter what kind of adventures they go on. I'm always there to read it. But this month, with issue number eight, which would probably be last month, what with the DCBS lag. Um, it also features a character that is probably my all-time favorite female character. Uh, the plot thickens. Uh, the Cassie and Vlad return to Haverhill, which was a town that was featured way back during the image uh, ongoing. I believe it was issue six, and then later it popped up again in issue 28. Uh, very idyllic little town and they hammered this point home by rendering Haverhill in uh Dan DiCarlo type very simple clean innocent looking lines so the form again followed function they they changed the illustration style to make it seem like this was the hack slash version of uh, Riverdale very idyllic town very peaceful very all-american nothing much uh, goes awry in Haverhill, but of course it did in the image early image run. Uh, there was a character called Mary Shelley Lovecraft, and deep ones were involved, and things did not go well for Haverhill. And because of this incident, the town kind of lost its innocence a little bit, and the the visual style used to depict Haverhill changed from this simple Dan DiCarlo cartooning to a much dirtier, grittier, uh, more realistic representation. And that's where Hackslash Resurrection number eight opens. Um, Cassie doesn't like to leave places in worse conditions than when she found them. But that's always the case. I mean, when she leaves places, it's it's usually after she's done her job and and things go bad and, and monsters get killed and uh, slashers get killed and the shockwaves permeate the town and 
you really do you recover from something like that? I don't know. But she wants to to go back to Haverhill and make sure that the 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 town bounced back, so to speak. So she gets there with Vlad, and um, it uh, it's seen better days. The the place um, it's hit the skids. There's uh, detritus on the streets, graffiti. People fighting, smoking in bars. Yes, smoking in bars. And and she's like, what is going on here? Let's. This is not the place that we knew. Um, so she and, and Vlad look for something to do, and they end up at a uh, historical fair, like a Renaissance fair, a local Haverhill Renaissance fair type thing. And um, wouldn't you know it, uh, she meets this dude called Chet Chanders, who is offering uh, this ancestry DNA type thing. She, she, he takes a prick of her blood and he's, you know, wants to trace her DNA. Uh, this is when it gets weird. Uh, he calls her at the hotel on the hotel phone where she and Vlad are, are bunking, are rooming. And he's like, yo, Cassie, uh, um, <laughs> your, your results are in. And it seems that uh, you have local relatives uh, of of the Cordero family, and she's like, "How the hell did you call me on the hotel phone? Like, what is, what's the deal?" Mm-hmm. And and as they're showing this person, uh, Chet, um, talking to Cassie, he pulls out fake teeth, and the dude's a vampire. So there's he's he's not so subtly manipulating her. He's like, "Yeah, why don't you go to the the local library and check out the Cordero family? Uh, they have microfiche." So so she has she has this dream of this. Uh, raven-haired um, woman. Uh, it, it's an it's an old uh, sepia-toned dream, where uh, she's standing at the docks in Haverhill. And you know, if you've read the old stories, the docks are not the place she wanted to be in Haverhill because the deep ones, blah blah blah. And and she has a pick instead of a baseball bat. She's still doing the the same thing that Cassie does, but this is. Um, a flashback to a, a simpler time, and she's fighting someone called Viago, and he's got the the old um, sawbones mask with the the uh, the beak, and uh, he's dressed all in black, and she doesn't know what to make of this, and she eventually finds someone in a casket, and this person's a vampire, and she wakes up, blah blah blah. So, who do you think Cassie calls to give her a hand with vampires? If I had ever read a hack slash book, I would be able to tell you. No. I think maybe it's a crossover. I think you'd be right. And I think the person she probably contacts goes by the name of Buffy. No. Ah, Vampirella. Ah, there See? we go. Then I would have read it. She calls Vampire on the phone. She says, Vampire, hey, sweetheart, I need some help. And Vampy's doing a, a radio show. <laughs> called called dark desires she's doing a radio show and and she's like yeah i need your help we got some vampire problems can you come and uh vampirella has a major hard-on for vlad she throws it his direction anytime she can really yes um and this was all established in the hack slash vampirella miniseries that uh occurred over at dynamite recently Mm -hmm. So um, there's a great page. Cassie's in bed with Vlad. It's 
strictly platonic. There's nothing shared between these two. As I said, Cassie likes women. And um, they're in bed, and Cassie wakes up. The lights are all out. She puts the shirt on. She goes to the library, and then you see Vlad in the bed, and a light gets clicked on, and you see Vampirella from behind. She says, hi, gorgeous. Missed you. She's at the library. We got time. And she clicks the light off. Like, how lucky do you have to be to have Vampirella throwing it at you? Uh-huh. Like, it's like a drive through She's bringing it to you. It's unbelievable. Like a drive through It's like a drive through But, uh, so, Chet is manipulating uh, Cassie into researching this Cordero family, which we don't really know too much about it yet. But as she's at the library, Chet shows up and tries to put the bite on her, and Vampirella and Vlad burst in and... Vampirella says, hey, put her down, prime time, and that's when it's continued. But if there's one way to really reach my heart, it's to put Vampirella in a horror book with characters I already love. Um, and this is Tim Seeley. I don't – Vampirella, the rights to Vampirella is kind of this uh, – who owns her now? I have no idea. She shows up at Image. She shows up at Dynamite. Like, what did Harris – Public domain, right? I don't think so. I don't think no? so. I, I'm wondering how bad Harris Comics screwed up the purchasing of Vampirella, where now she's this character that just seemingly anybody can use. I don't yeah. know. I don't know how it works, but um, Dynamite seemed to have the the lockdown on Vampirella for a while, but now she's popping up an image. I don't know. I more the merrier. I say. So, um, Hackslash number eight. Uh, it's Resurrection. The Number eight, uh, Vampirella shows up. So if you're a fan of either, hmm. you you must read this. It's pretty good. This uh, Silor guy on art, I didn't read the, the, the credits, did I? Written by Teeny Howard, as has been every issue of Hackslash Resurrection. Uh, illustrated by Silor. Again, he did them all. And colors by K. Michael Russell. I love Silor's art. He is obviously a fan of Cassie because he draws her very well let's let's just say that if you like good girl mm-hmm. art um he has her in daisy dukes and garter belts with sti- uh, thigh high stockings like good god mm-hmm. yeah it's it this is just i'm i'm not hard to please in this respect and this book does wow it just wows me every month beautiful women horror vampirella i'm in Simple equation. You there you like go. What you like? I do. I make no bones about it. I love this right. shit. You don't like or it? Should you? Too bad. Too bad. <laughs> Too bad. You're listening to the wrong show. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. Show. Yeah. Uh, what else have you read, my brothers? Maybe I can make another segue. You should. You're you're on a roll. <laughs> okay. Can I just pick for you? I'll do this. I'll drive the bus. Wow, okay. Let's this is gonna be fun. Okay, go ahead. Okay. Uh let me look at your list real quick to see what you both read. Okay. Um okay. I read this as well. Oh. And um I don't have much the need to, I to, don't have much it. to say about it. Um Oof. but I, I think maybe both of you may. So okay. um uh, I will be very vengeful if you do not talk about Cosmic Ghost Rider, uh, number one. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Wow. Oh, 
I'm going to keep this short and sweet. I, I barely remember what happened. Okay. I read it the, the, the while I was on vacation. Um, it's it's not something I'm going to stick with. Mm, same. I'm going to know it's a mini? Yeah. And I'll, here, here's the deal. I almost never. If, if I started a miniseries, if I pre-ordered the first two issues of a miniseries, I will tough it out mm-hmm. just because I, I don't want to break up the set. I did not order issue three. Of Cosmic Ghost Rider. One and well, two. Yet. One and two were already paid for. Yeah. I Same. yeah, I just thought it was um the uh I thought it, it took too long to get to the payoff and the payoff was baby Thanos. Yeah. Really? Exactly. Like I, I you're going you're manipulating time to remold Thanos in another image. Like you, it's number one. It's not possible. He's gonna be Thanos is gonna Thanos, right? Mm-hmm. And haters gonna hate. Yeah, I just thought I just thought it was for the 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 stuff that Donny Cates threw down in Thanos with Cosmic Ghost Rider was much more compelling than Agreed. than this yeah. this miniseries. I just thought it was him brooding as Frank Castle. Woe is me! I didn't get a chance you know, to do what I wanted to do. I'm all mopey. I'm in Valhalla now. I'm going to start a fight with a a, a dead warrior. Um, Odin's going to kick me out because he's going to give me another chance whether I like it or not. It's just like, I, I don't know. It just, it didn't have that spark that that the stuff in Thanos did. Uh, I agree. I will say that Everything that I was looking forward to, what we got in Thanos with the introduction of Cosmic Ghost Rider, um, and you get the recap here with with Frank's ups and downs before making all his deals with all those devils. Um, I would have expected, I would have liked something more than just baby Thanos I I would have I would have liked to see Cosmic Ghost Rider doing his thing because we obviously during his introduction we saw he was tied to Thanos so we got a little bit of he got a break from that only to kind of be shackled with him again and I get it. Odin is um, Odin has a sense of humor. Odin, I, I thought the conversations with between Frank and Odin were funny. I dug that. I I get you know Frank being bitter and ornery and and making trouble around Asgard and and. No good can come of that. I like the art, but I I wanted something a little more than just let's kill baby Hitler at the end of it. I, yeah, it, it's, but I mean, I, wouldn't you think he'd he'd want to go back and try and stop his wife and daughter from being killed? I think at this point we've we've kind of visited that well enough. I he that that. That option 
has come up before. It's it's not something that it's and it it, it would just be a reset at the end of the series anyway. So I mean, while right, while Donnie I mean, might have an interesting story to tell with that, I, I get that, it. But, but if then you that's put Cosmic Ghost Rider, that's that's right, Frank but if you put if you put Frank Castle in a in a time traveling scenario, and the thing you make him do is go back to Thanos. Like it's just, it. Right. I would have liked something other than, I mean, even Mephisto, I just would have liked something, something. other than even Galactus. Than like, yes. I don't I would have. Right. And those are, and these would all tie back to his origin in Thanos because yes, he made the deal with Galactus. He made the deal with Mephisto. We, 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 we didn't, we didn't see him live those lives. We just got him in quick little flashbacks, but anything would have, um, I mean, five issues of of him making the other heralds miserable. You know, have Silver right. Surfer show up, have Fire Lord show up, have have anybody yeah, show up. But exactly. Mean, yeah, just, See, that yeah. was the thing. Now, side by side, which one do you find more compelling? A brooding Frank Castle or an insane Cosmic Ghost Rider? Like, we saw brooding Frank Castle for the oh, almost that, the entirety of this issue. Yes. Right, like, right. that's not who I paid to see. I paid no, to see right. Cosmic Ghost Rider. This, it was like the Gail Simone run of Deadpool. Like you take away the, the crazy, nutty, insane goofball Deadpool. And it's just, yeah. it's, it's just another, you know, overpowered killer comic. It's, I don't, that's not why I came. I, I, I don't know. I, 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 I don't want to lump on it, but it really, it was very disappointing. Yeah, yeah, it didn't do much for me. Didn't do much for me. But what did do something for nice. me? Nice, bring us up. Weatherman number two. Yes! Weatherman number two, right? Oh my oh, god. Boy. Jody LaHoe, uh, writer, and Nathan Fox on art. Uh, the first issue was quirky. I believe we all very much liked it. We liked the art. We we thought the last page was quite the cliffhanger because we're introduced to this crazy zany over the top weatherman literally a weatherman who's got a hot girl and just living his life and then by the end he's being accused of yeah he's by the end of the first issue he's being accused of killing 18 billion people uh, on earth and uh the issue this issue builds off that and and it's it, it it this book is completely different than what i thought it was 15 pages <laughs> into the first issue and I, I'm stoked. I, I think it's going to be incredible. I, I, I Nathan Fox is putting down magic on the paper. Uh, the, the 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 this is a future where there's multiple inhabited. We we I believe we're also on planet Venus. We're on is it Mars? Where I know we're on multiple planets. The hum, humanity's on multiple planets, and um, we find out very. They don't drag it. They don't drag it out. We we find out this issue um, why why they think the weatherman was responsible for the death of all of the humans on earth. Uh, we find out if in fact he was responsible, we find out who his cohorts may have been. Um, it, 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 it goes into a direction where this is going to be a hyper intense, futuristic political intrigue action flick. And just when you think you're, there, there. Every page or two, there was a, a, a shocking jaw on the floor moment. 
which is impressive considering we don't have much of an emotional tie to any of these characters yet since we're just we're introduced to them. So I think both Jody and Nathan are at the absolute top of their games. I, 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 th- this issue stuck out as Vince was joking. I have a lot of stuff on my Slack list right now that I've read, but this issue is like a giant beacon of awesomeness. I, I, I cannot wait for the third issue to come out. It, it, this, this is just, this is standing out from a very, a very big crowd for me, um, both in terms of its uniqueness. It's, it's, we say this every now and then, but, but, but I do mean it. That this is what comics are all about. This is a, if this were a film, it'd be a, $800 million budget film. Um, but in comics, you can do whatever you want if you have the creativity to do it. And that's what, that's what they're doing here. Uh, so I am totally, totally enamored with what they're putting down on the paper. And I presume from your gasp of yes, you also are digging it the most. I, I absolutely love it. It was, it's, it's the best thing I read today. It's, um, it's, it looks fantastic. The whole backstory with where like, you know, we might have had some ideas when we read the first issue last month. Um, there had to be some sort of reason why uh, Nathan's date <laughs> said what she said. Um, and there may have been, um, I'm not going to say it's an easy out, but it's 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 something that sci-fi stories have used in the past. And if that were by itself... It might not have the the panache or even the the weight of of being a big deal, but everything else that revolves around this whole um, memory aspect just completely. Uh, you know, as an elevator pitch, if you just say that to someone, it might not. It would register something a little more than a shrug, but the fact that Nathan draws this flashback and and moves the story along is just beautiful and and his his panel layouts and and the camera angles he uses to move the story along it's just it's it is absolutely stunning and and then you have everything that nothing is wasted every every panel uh there's a little thing where um Agent Cross, who was Nathan's date in the first issue, uh, she goes to see her commanding officer, her CO, Fitch, and she walks in, and she walks into to the front office, and and Karen, who is his administrative assistant, um, she she's kind of absentmindedly staring at her computer. She's really not paying attention to Cross when when um, Cross calls for her again. She's like, "Oh yeah, no, no, go ahead, don't worry, yeah." You, you, Fitch is expecting you, but she's kind of giving Cross the side eye, but but Cross in the background is walking away, but also looking over her shoulder. So you're wondering, I see that, and I'm like, all right, something. I saw it at first as she's a little, Karen's a little put off by the interrogation that happened earlier because Cross and Cross was interrogating Nathan and. It wasn't pretty, and even the events leading up to that. Because if you thought you saw the end of Sadie in the first issue, you are sadly oh, mistaken. No. I was worried uh, that was going to put you off. I know. <laughs> and and then you find out, though, towards the end of the issue, that Karen had something else going on, and and that's why she was looking a little shifty. And and so there really is there are. 
there's there's the good guys and and I may you know if I say right now that at the end of the second issue it looks like Cross and Nathan it looks like Cross needs Nathan so she's got to keep him alive and Nathan has no idea what the fuck's going on so it's almost like it's it's that it's that oh two people who really don't get along but they got to make it work and and I can say that right now but the third issue there could be some little alien living in 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 cross's body and and it's just i don't know where it's going and i absolutely love it about the mm-hmm. series and and it's it's just i i cannot recommend it enough i don't want to um i don't want to gush about it in, in any great detail because i want people to read this for themselves it it's this is one of those books that doesn't come around too often and and you really um you know, I mean, you can liken it to Star Wars, where Lucas just took a bunch of ideas from a bunch of other movies, and he just made this great space opera that that everybody loves. There are definitely ideas here that you've seen and witnessed before in other mediums, but the way Jody and, and Nathan put it all together is just it's it's amazing, and it's 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 something to behold. And and if you if you didn't listen to us last month and didn't pick up the weatherman number one, then I'm going to call you a fool twice because you really should be reading this. You really should be. Nathan Fox is a freaking demon. <laughs> he is. He's a cartooning he demon. Uh, yep. Dude well, is redonk. One of the best. I know, but not a household name, you know? Silly. That is silly. silly. I, I really thought that teaching. fluorescent black was going to do it. That um the yeah, the thing well, that was when we with heavy metal introduced to him before, yeah, yeah I thought that was going to be the the thing but it it, it mm-hmm. doesn't seem to have clicked silly yeah it's silliness because he's great amazing I'm kind of waiting to read this until <sighs> it, the um the first trade comes out because I have a tendency to not order the trade uh, if I if I read them in the single issues. So I'm going to just hold back and wait till it's published in a trade and then I'm going to read it. I I may I may double dip just so that a patron ends up with it. That's nice. I'm not, I'm not part of my, my singles to the damn sure, but I may I may, I, I may get the trade. We'll see. Sweet. Nice. Real quick Vince, uh, you don't have to read new lieutenants of metal. Okay. <laughs> I, I, and, I don't believe I was going to, but where is, is that? Yeah, an Im- I'm surprised by that. I, I thought you liked the Ulysses Freenus. I thought that was your dude. I do. That's the image thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah I yeah. didn't. I didn't read it. Um, I believe uh, I have it here, but I just it, I didn't get to it. But that doesn't mean I'm not going to get to it. I'll 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 read it. it I, I, I do I, like. I thought Ulysses. it was it was a very, it was much uh, brighter and lighter. Yeah, it looks chaotic, which is good. It, it it but it it was but not enough though I think like it uh, wasn't it wasn't batshit I thought it was going to be bananas and it mm. wasn't it was almost like a cartoon you'd see on Cartoon Network now okay like uh. like after Clarence and before Rick and Morty or something you know what I mean Steven Universe and yeah it's drawn to look like Steven Universe basically which which okay. isn't a big which is a big no no for me I, right I, right I hate right that show. So, but uh, I will say, Vince, I I thought, and I'm, and this isn't, this isn't any way for me to suggest you do. 
I thought you were going to pick something else for Jason and I to talk about. So Oh, I can still do it. I know, I know, the night's not over, but I'm just saying that yeah. I thought you were going to kick off with something. and then, well, I'll look so, at the list. We're good. But I got no, something that's bad it's shit. It's your turn. Go ahead. Yeah, I got bad we shit. Always... We, uh, I believe we all have read the Brian Boland illustrated uh, Dark Judges storyline with Judge Dredd. Have we all yeah, read that? Yeah, I mean, some time ago, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. D- Dap, did you re- have you read that? The, the Judge Death Lives with the, uh, the, one with the pretty boy. Who... The one with Judge Anderson. And, yeah. And... yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Um, well, I... It's funny you should say that. That That's why, that story is why one of the books in the book of the month is is on that list uh-huh. for, that, for that story. Well, um, the Dark Judges are pretty damn famous. In, in the Judge Dredd yes. universe. I mean, and rightly so, because design-wise, they're impeccable. Presence, they're, they're very disturbing. Um, and I always wondered from whence they came. Mm. I never knew the backstory. And it was because the backstory was never published until recently. I have read from Rebellion, 2000 A.D., the Dark Judges, The Fall of Dead World, Book One, is written by Keck W., uh, illustrated by Dave Kendall, and it just collects the recent uh, Dead World serials from 2000 AD. There was uh, a, a, an initial run, and then uh, a special one-shot story, then another run, and then they did these one-shot examinations of the four judges four dark judges and we all know the four dark judges are fire fear mortis and of course the chief judge death but i never knew where they came from i never i mean i knew they were from a parallel dimension they were not from earth they were from somewhere else uh but i didn't know how they got here and this this story doesn't tell you how they got here i mean i know now that they they commandeered some kind of conveyance that span the dimensions and they came to mega city one okay that that part's a given but how did where did they how did they form where did they come from what what was the deal this book tells you because it all begins with the bees the bees all the bees die Mm. that's not good when your bees die your crops don't get pollinated (laughs) and your crops don't your crops don't grow and shit turns south, and those who are in a position to manipulate food will do so at the cost of probably personal liberties and all that other shit that we don't like to give up. So the place is not looking too good when this story opens. There's riots, there's um, famine, people are diseased. It's, it's like Grapes of Wrath dust, dust Bowl type scenario. Like It's not a pretty place. And um, you have uh, uh, Judge Fairfax. He's at the center of this whole thing. Judge Fairfax is a really bad piece of work. Uh, He's a mess. Um, He was abused by his father as a child. Uh, His relationship with his woman is not going well because he's secretly um, banging his partner, Mm -hmm. Judge Collins. 
Um, and to make matters worse, like, so we have strife everywhere. People are in the streets. It's not going down well. And during a riot, Judge Collins is pulled from the back of Judge Fairfax's bike. And the bike's name is Bike, B-Y-K-E, the lawmaster. It has an artificial intelligence of a woman. And Bike berates Judge Fairfax whenever she gets the chance. She chews him out, bitches at him, calls him a limp dick. No, you know, you're unsuccessful. You suck at what you do. I'm surprised you made it this long. Like, bike is pretty nasty. But anyway, I'm getting ahead of myself. So Judge Collins is taken off the bike, and he loses not only his partner, but he loses his love interest. And he has these nightmares, and he's plagued by them. He's like, ah. Turns out, long story short, when Judge Fairfax was going through the – the academy, the judge tutor that took a special shine to him was uh, Judge Tutor Sidney Dath, D apostrophe E A T H with the silent E. So uh, Judge Sidney Dath, and this guy, I mean, there are things in this book that made me a little squeamish. Mm-hmm. There, when when uh, Fairfax is coming up, he's beaten by his fellow judges. I mean, it's part of the, the, the training. You have to take a punch. You have to be... Uh, he's beaten and berated by his, his, his fellow judges and uh, to show Judge Fairfax, or Cadet Fairfax at the time, um, his medal, Judge Death dispatches these three guys and it'll make you squirm. The, the, the most gruesome of which he plunges a spoon into the guy's eye and spoons out his eyeball in in the mess hall spoons out this guy's eyeball and Kendall's illustration is amazing uh Sydney's very thin it, it, he's judge death so just you can paint the picture yourself very mm-hmm. thin bad teeth he's british um sorry <laughs> and uh, so he's got the dude's eyeball on a spoon and he's looking at it like mm, I'm going to eat this you know but they they never show it uh so there's some paranormal, occult, otherworldly dark arts going on here because um, when this, the story opens, Judge Sidney is now Judge Death, and he's, he's at the controls of everything, and he's got this toxin that if you drink it or it it somehow gets in your bloodstream like he has these these um wellness centers that mm-hmm. are popping up where they're really injecting everybody with the this necrotoxin stuff to turn them cuz when you're turned you become a thrall to the the dark judges like you you you're you're dead but you're not dead and it's just you're uh, you wander the landscape and and he wants Judge Death wants Judge Fairfax because he's the one that got away. He wants to make Judge Fairfax his fourth lieutenant in the Dark Judges. And Fairfax, is, he, he's, he's on the run. And he comes into contact with this family, this poor, fucked-up family. Grandpa, grandpa's um, granddaughter, her husband died. Uh, his son's wife died. Uh, his great-granddaughter his granddau- um is this little girl, her name's um, Jess. The surname of this family is Child. Childs. 
So when you Jess Childs uh, take away the ESS, Jay Child, Judge Child, you see where this mm -hmm. is going? It's mm -hmm. the Judge Child all over again. Mm -hmm. And she's the chosen one, but she doesn't know it yet. Um, so the family gets whittled down one by one. Grandpa dies, mom dies, uh, Uncle Luke gets turned and, and Jess has to kill him. Like this is only in the first part. So it's only Judge Fairfax and this kid as part two opens. And, um, you see judges turned, like there's a, um, a Bene Gesserit type sisters, um, group in this thing that they're disgusting they're like the 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 female counterparts to the dark judges and they're they they're they're uh psionically tuned they can read people's minds they can do things with uh the dark arts but they're it, it's just like the benny deseret from dune and uh it's this this thing is impeccable like it's so it's simple on the on the top level judge death wants judge fairfax and he's going to try and get him but you see a, an entire world being consumed by these dark judges. It's amazing. And if you, you haven't seen Dave Kendall's work, it's fully painted. And it is, I don't know if I want to use the word gorgeous to describe this because it's not aesthetically beautiful. It's dark and gritty and disturbing. And you could smell the bodily fluids and the decay. That's how great Kendall paints like it's it's not super realistic but it doesn't need to be it's even better it's even more disturbing that it's not super realistic um he has an affinity for the dark judges that is amazing like judge fire this stuff is nasty I'm it, it is uh but the good thing about this is okay so you have this storyline with the dark judges and other things but and he doesn't really get to the core of what makes each judge tick within this action movie that is the fall of dead world that's why i believe they did the one-offs for each judge because he gets he peels back the the skull cap of each judge and gets into their brains he shows you what makes these characters tick adds maybe a little bit of a sympathetic edge to most of them not judge death though there's nothing sympathetic about him. He's just a, a horrible, manipulative, murdering, consuming bastard. I mean, there's there's no layer on Judge Death, and there really doesn't need to be, right? He's Judge Death. But the thing is, why are they killing? Why are they exterminating all of the people on the planet from that they're on? Because they have Judge Death has deemed that hmm, the living commit crimes the living break the law therefore life is a crime without life you don't have anyone breaking the law so they are they're taking it to its utmost level they're they're not like you, you they you have your petty crimes and everything but the the basic universal crime is if you're alive you're committing a crime and you must be extinguished that's the the, the thinking of judge death and they do. They exterminate everyone on this planet. One of the stories, I believe it's Judge Mortis, he 
encounters aliens that that are crash landed on the planet and um everybody's dead he's got nothing to do he's got no one to torture no one to exterminate no one to there's no laws being broken so he's bored and he's looking at his watch and he's like god this time takes on forever uh, it seems like a second is like a millennia and then after he has his way with these aliens he has a uh, a winemaking distillery that has the bodies of all of the people that he's exterminated. He's making wine out of the viscera, the entrails, the, the, the corporeal stuff of these people. And he's offering it to these aliens. You, you, <laughs> want, you want to try this? And they're like, you are insane. And they don't get away. And then he, at the end of the story, he relishes the fact that he has so much time because now he can torture and manipulate. And they've radioed for uh, their ship was uh, out of commission. So they've they've sent word back home to send a rescue ship, and he's just loving the fact that a rescue ship is going to come to bring the dark judges to a planet with billions of souls they can torture, and and eliminate. This it's is a happy feel good book. It's amazing. It is so amazing. But um, there's a bright spot in in Jess Childs. She's going to be something is going to happen where she. I, I don't see how she pulls it out if they've exterminated everyone on the planet. Mm. But um, they, the, uh, the sisters notice something is very, very unique in her, and they, they want her out of the picture. Um, so this is only book one. I mean, this story's not over yet. It's phenomenal. Um, I read the first part when it was serialized in 2008. I didn't read the second part, but this collects everything to date in one oversized hardcover. You get um, the original covers from the 2000ADs. You get production artwork and and uh, character designs from um, Dave Kendall. It is well worth your money. It's only for an oversized hardcover of. Let me see how many pages this thing is. It is over 160. I, I would say 168 pages. And it's only twenty four ninety nine US. It's crazy for this book. Great paper, beautiful, heavy stock, um, and it's it's full bleed. It's it, the artwork is full color. It, it needs to be because because like I said, Kendall paints it. It's just amazing. Um, but if you have um, if you have a problem with nightmares, this may not be the book for you because it is. It is gross and disturbing, and, and it, it's, there's a lot of body horror in this thing. Just put it that way. Severed, Seems like we're talking about a lot of body horror tonight. Yeah, there's severed baby heads that, <laughs> oh, hey now. that they, they inject with the, the necrotoxin, and they grow spider legs. And these are the drones that infiltrate the Justice Department and take mm-hmm. over the guy controlling the door. Like these little severed baby heads are crawling up a wall. It's almost like something out of John Carpenter's The Thing, if John Carpenter's The Thing was good. Oh! <laughs> that's fine. Yowch. Fighting what what about the, the, body uh, the remake from a few years ago? Oh, I haven't seen that. Mm-mm. It was all right. I just I, I like to shit on Carpenter. The Thing isn't that bad. I just I just know a lot of people like it, so yes. that, that's why well, I shit yeah. It was it's okay. I, yeah, I don't. I mean, I didn't mind it, but um, let's keep it the body horror. Okay, 
Let's talk about Infinity 8. Oh, see, we may have a little problem with that. Because Why? I'm reading it in single issues. You read the volume one. So Dap and I well, didn't. Dap, just, Dap, but that's, wait, so, but that's Dap, just three issues. Yeah, Dap said he read through the three issues, so I assume you're... You've no, done I, only read, I only read one, First, the, one and two. Oh, so you didn't read the third issue. No, but Bro. that's okay. You talk about it, because I already did. Dap and I already did. You're just late to the party. You can talk about it. <laughs> Oh, you did talk about it on the week yeah. I wasn't here? Yeah. Oh, okay. No, just the first issue he's talking about. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, well, I got the collection, um, which is uh, by Lion Forge. And uh, as Dap just said, it collects um, it collects the first three issues of the comic uh, in a nice, tidy hardcover. And it's, uh, it's titled Infinity 8 Volume 1 Love and Mummies, written by... Louis Trondheim and Zepp with art by Dominique Bertale. Now, I don't know if you guys looked into this. I know this was originally a French book. Do you know when it was originally published? Oh, I did know. And I did say. Uh, yes. Uh, 2016. Oh, so it's relatively new. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Original title, Romance et Machabis or Machabis, but uh, comics number two, uh, Paris, twenty sixteen. Sweet. Did you look into Louis Trondheim? Yeah. I, well, I, I knew. I knew okay. some. Yeah, that was. Yeah, I knew a little bit about him. But um, so, well, I, I don't want to be redundant here because you did talk about the first issue, but um, but this is a. It's three issues, and it's a, it is a complete arc. Uh, it is um, the arc. Uh, the heroine of the arc is Yoko Karen, mm-hmm. who is a security officer, the first security agent for this ship that they're on. And uh, the ship uh, can't continue on its course because it is blocked by a massive, like, galaxy-sized debris field. Uh, and they send her out to investigate. And when she goes out into the debris field, she sees that it is, in fact, for some reason, a giant debris field full of things that have to do with death including mausoleums and uh, different uh, indicia and symbology of, of death, uh, uh, weaponry, basically anything that has to do with death or, 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 or killing um, from seemingly all over the, the universe is, is floating around here mysteriously. Uh, and when she is uh, trying to figure out what the hell's going on and how they might get clear of it, one of the alien species... Within the, uh, I guess we should. I know you said this, first, but but we should say that this is a ship that's almost like a, a, a sci-fi version of Noah's Ark. Yeah, uh, it's it's got you know thou- thousands upon thousands of different species, um, humans being a, a small subset of that. And uh, I got to say, I mean, the character design is incredible. The, mm-hmm. the when we meet the captain, so freaking cool. Mm-hmm. The captain is like this gigantic. I mean, I, it's hard to even describe it visually. It's, it's, I, I hate it, to bring it up again, but it's like the navigator from Dune. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yep, yep. And and this creature, uh, I, I should have had my notes. Uh, the creature, I forget his name, but the spe- his species is capable of resetting uh, time, of shifting space, and he can do it eight times in a row for. Um, for was it eight hours right it's eight and eight right yeah Yeah. and the thing is though is i guess there are limits including he can't the captain can't like four and a half hours into something reset he has to reset 
after at the end of the eight hours. And so the problem there is that if the ship or they were to be destroyed or he was to be killed before that time, he couldn't reset. So um, she is been she basically she sent out to, to do this with the idea that if things don't go well while she's out there, um, she's supposed to figure that out so they can reset and you know plot a different course or something like that. Um, but uh, but it gets crazy because one of the species on the uh, on the ship and who happened to be they also happen to be uh, a lot of the ship's engineering group because their species is happens to be preternaturally inclined to be able to do that kind of thing. Um, they are addicted to, um, to carrion. They're, they're like vultures. They're, 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 they eat, they only eat dead. They only eat dead things. And, uh, it's like, but it's beyond, it's much more than that. It's like crack and (laughs) opium and heroin all rolled into one for them. So when they're presented with this gigantic field of dead, it's they, they they are truly consumed by it to the point where they start stealing uh, spacesuits and weaponry and all blow out of all the air holes of the ship to go and start gorging themselves on this death. They can't help themselves. It's it's truly beyond their control. It's like just wild wilding it out, and uh, that includes one particular uh, member of the species who who happens to have a hard on for our heroine. He loves her, and uh, and there's some interesting and funny play, uh, through, you know, through that where he's essentially throwing himself at her throughout the entire adventure. But uh, but in essence, these creatures they get consumed by the death to the point where when they start eating dead things, it's a little bit like chew in that uh, there's there's some empathy and they um, they began taking on the uh, the traits of uh, of the uh, of the things that they they eat, the things they consume, right? So, um, so, so if you eat like a, a warlord, you're going to become ultra violent. If you eat a romance poet, you're going to become a romantic. That type of thing. So, um, so that's a problem, right? Because it's death and and killing all around, and 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 so a few of them start consuming. One of them consumes a serial killer. One of them consumes uh, a, a warlord, like a world conqueror. And they decide, they get this genius idea that um, all they need to do is blow up the ship because if they blow up the ship, they'll have a never-ending supply of dead things to eat. So they turn on the ship and they start basically trying to, to, to blow the ship up. And uh, so our heroine has to now, by herself, well, with the help of, of, of one haphazardly corn... They're, 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 the species is called Cornelians. Um she needs to figure out a way to stop all of the Cornelians from destroying the ship and, uh, and do all of this um, in time to let them decide to reset the clock. And uh, it, it's, it's one of the, it's, it's very, it is very French. You can tell it's French because uh, she is, she is voluptuous and she's sexy and she's sexual. Yep. Um, at the, when we first meet her, she's at a bar on break before her shift and, She's talking about how she wants to have a baby and she wants to copulate and find a mate. And she goes around scanning different creatures to figure out if any of them are suitable mates. And it's very funny. Like she'll scan them and like she'll 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 read out like oh well you know drinking problem or yeah. you know or weak chin. Like she just Psych she's very picky. Yeah. yeah, and she's 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 dropped dead gorgeous. She's a total total you know ten you know you know perfect curves and you know all that sort of stuff and uh but she's also extremely competent she's an extremely competent uh heroine and uh she she kicks ass and takes names and she has a lot of um 
of titillating um, near near death experiences. I loved when she met the Cornelian, who's very passive, but he turns out that he ate a serial killer, and so he's um, he's he's very insidious, and he wants to uh, do horrible things to her. So uh, I loved it, man. I thought it was great. Yeah, I thought it was great, and, I, and I'm I'm super stoked that it's the first of eight. Yes, it's wonderful. Like it's incredible. I can't and and kudos to Lion Forge for bringing this over because this is so much fun, and I'm absolutely thrilled that we're getting a ton more of it you know there's more to come yep so much much love and kudos i would kill for the second last page of the first issue to have that original art Mm -hmm. when um they're they're in the inside of the the structure and he's like uh hands off the king is mine you see the this giant desiccated um the king and the the sword is at his between his legs and it's just an amazing illustration and it looks like part hr giger with the 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 structures on the walls of the place the way they're Mm -hmm. ribbed and it just it's a it's an amazing illustration i would i would absolutely kill for that thing Mm -hmm. but i mean how do you get this kind of original art who do you go through well i mean he may have a rep i don't know we'd have to look into it yeah but it's it's super awesome. Um, now I forget. I know you were. I I know you. But did you just discover this in previews, Vince, and give it a try? How did you? I well, when you put Louis Trondheim, his name on something. So Trondheim is yeah. What you get you get my attention, and then once I knew the name of it, I Googled it, and mm-hmm. I saw all the art, and I'm like, damn, I'm in. I'm freaking in. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Well. I'm in, too. It was dope. It's wonderful. Dap loves it, too. Lion Forge has been, um, I mean, because they, they do the um, the little row. I know that they they do the, um, they have the, I, I guess they're, they're their superhero line, and then they have the Cub House imprint for for the kids. They're, I, I like, um, like I want to read Jazz Maynard. They have a few titles that always look interesting to me in previews. But when I saw the solicit for this, um, and I saw the art, it was pretty much a no-brainer. There, there are a few books right now that are kind of um, filling in any void I may feel um, without a steady diet of heavy metal, and and this. Mm-hmm. Infinity Eat, Infinity Eat, Infinity Eight, uh, definitely gives me that that heavy metal feel. It appears that the second arc may not be illustrated by by Olivier Vatine. No, they're they're the um, the creative teams kind of uh, cycle off. Like like Trondheim is on. Yeah, no, Olivier Vatine is the artist on the second arc. You're, right. Domin- Dominique Bertel is the artist on the first arc. Okay. Um, and Trondheim is on the he, – the, the, Trondheim writes the second arc, and he is co-writer, just like on the first arc, mm-hmm. of the third. So I don't I, I don't know if it's – I didn't look into it as right. far as the original series, so I don't know if Trondheim is on it from start to finish. Um, and but, if we weren't clear, there, there, there are eight uh, – Eight parts, her, right? Her her adventure is over. I mean, she she's 
she has done her best and and they're they're resetting so we're gonna we're gonna get a different agent and a, a different adventure in the second issue i believe it's uh the agent's name is moon kicker in the second one hmm. stella moon kicker now is it eight issues or eight parts no eight parts it's eight three parts, eight, uh, three uh, issues per part yeah 24 issues sweet yeah 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 Nah, bring it on. Bring it on. Bring it. But but I know Lion Forge isn't on everybody's radar, myself included, really. I, I, I haven't read too much of their stuff yet. But but uh, y'all do need to listen to to uh, to us and, and try this one. Yeah. It, There's it, only one and, thing Lion Forge does that I'm not too sweet on is how they break their books into volumes. Like... What do you mean? They'll do, uh, they'll do maybe a, a a year of one book, or or six issues of one book, and then the next year it's volume two, issue one, instead of issue seven. You know what I mean? They they, oh, they split their mm-hmm. books into in, their runs into volumes, and it's just it's, right, it, right. it doesn't make any sense. It's just confusing. Mm. It's confusing. Just make small it. price to pay. Right. Uh, we've we've become accustomed to consecutive issues. You don't got to do volumes. It's just right. whatever. Totes my goats. It's too boutique for me. <laughs> but Booty. Whatever. What else? Freaks. What you got? Segue into that. Segue from that. More me? I I don't know. You didn't you haven't been speaking much. You've been just yeah, doubling up. Yeah, your boat. Dap, I want you. I'm looking at your Slack right now. Uh, you have yet. You know what? This has got to be a beeline to Dap's heart. Tell me about this Corgi Short Tales book. Ah. Uh. Oh, hold on. Let me. Mm. No, because I, I didn't have it next to me. Hold on. <laughs> Gotta take the the tram. <laughs> <laughs> All Taking right. the train. I'm writing it down. Corgi. I will quickly say, you know what, Dap? Uh, I mean, uh, Vince, since you noticed, I, I, I'm going to go super quick hits on a couple things to get them off the list. Okay. Uh, Black Panther number two, it is uh, it is weird. It, it's basically Black Panther meets Star Wars. It's a space opera to the point where there was basically TIE Fighter X-Wing battles in issue number two. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to keep with it because I love T'Challa. And it, but I'm not. I can't say I'm loving it though. It's it's weird. See, I, I like I, it a lot. No, I, I, I'm not. Again, I'm not saying it's bad. I'm, I'm just. It, it's it's. It feels strange to me though. It 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 feels like issue two read like fanfic to me. <laughs> so um, so you're out, man. Very but <laughs> look mighty cute in them jeans. Um, on the other hand, same writer Tanasi Coates, Captain America number one. Very much enjoyed that. Very much, um, including the villain of the uh, of the uh, issue, which uh, is not one that uh, we normally assume, uh, associate with uh, with Cat. Um, do you know who it is? Did, did you read it, Vince? No, I didn't read it. No. Who it oh, is? Did, uh, who no, it is? Who it is? It's uh, Celine. Wow. You like Celine? I do. She's a a, a necro. Nec- she's a and, and a necro. 
like you said, it's, it's it's nice that he switched it up, and we didn't see the Serpent Society again, or I you know no pun intended. What I'm saying is, or Arnim Zola, or you know Skull, mix it up. It's fun. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So so kudos on that. I I dug Captain America uh, a lot. Did, when I was away, did you guys talk about Catwoman number one? No, I didn't. That's Joel Jones, written and drawn. Yes. It is the follow-up. You absolutely need to have read Batman number 50 before you read this. In fact, to their credit, they scream that at you. Um, yeah, right on the cover. There's a word yep, balloon. Right on the cover, which is great. But uh, first of all, Joel Jones is an incredible cartoonist. And uh, I didn't know this, but uh, Tom King said that they had her draw uh, those issues of Batman explicitly to use that as a launching point for her to become uh, a writer artist at DC. They figured that was the best opportunity for people that weren't familiar with her stuff like Lady Killer to become familiar with her because Batman's their biggest book. So this has been in the works for a while. Nice. But this picks up with uh, with Selina as she has left Gotham, spoilers, um, and is dealing with uh, life without the bat. And uh, I dug it. I dug it a lot. A lot. I, I thought, uh, as much as I don't like how we got there, yeah. uh, I feel like Joelle has a good handle on S- Selena, and she's back to doing what Selena should do, which is steal shit and uh, pull heists. And uh, she is confronted with a new big bad who is nasty. Speaking more body horror, nasty, nasty. This this shriveled up nasty old like leper no nose looking bitch yeah like leprosy looking bitch <laughs> say nasty um, again. nasty nasty so t- two thumbs up on it again not not thrilled at how we got there but but yeah. uh, you know I read Batman fifty yeah. I I thought you guys, I assumed you guys talked about it that week so I, that's why I didn't bring it up yeah last I week, didn't but. I wasn't crazy about the ending either. Well, as as Daph was probably about to say, and Tom would tell you, it's not the ending. I okay, but it's the ending of that book that I read at that moment in time. Yeah, that's I, I great. That say, you know, you got more yeah, plans. You weren't, you but, weren't thrilled with the end of the issue, but even even though it's not the end of the story, I know. And 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 that's it's, it's yes, it's 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 a bit deflating. I mean, think of how Bruce feels. It's just one of those things where it's you you really wanted it to go one way, and 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 it didn't. It's, it's, um, yeah, this is where I think, uh, the, the, the right way to couch this for my vantage is it's a beautifully, in fact, perfectly written comic. Like it is, it is exactly what Tom intended it to be. Sure. So the issue I had with it was purely a fanboy issue in that I had psyched myself up to see those two get married. Sure. Yeah. So. I, when I say, or I, I just, I, because Tom's our friend, but also I, I don't, like Daph knows I was kvetching about it when it came out. I, I, it's, it's, it's a, it's a fan thing. Like I wanted something personally from a story standpoint and I'm bummed we didn't get it, but it's not a criticism. Of, I don't think he, he dropped the ball with the issue. I don't no, think it's like, no. um, and in but fact, I, I, yeah, go ahead. It, it is rather silly to say that it's not the end of the story. Well, Whether or not he has plans for it, that book has a beginning, a middle, and an end. Right. You, it, it's it, not the end of the story. Middle, he's, he's doing 103 issues. I get, right. I get that. It, it, it's not the end of the story should you choose to read more. 
of Tom King's Batman. Right. But that's a choice. Well, I, th- I think what it suffers from, if it did suffer something, is it suffers from, unfortunately, and I don't know how any writer in comics today escapes this, the marketing machine did that story no favors. Mm-hmm. Because... Tom had no control over DC building it up to be the wedding issue and and it being an anniversary issue, you know, number 50 and having 27,000 variant covers and it being on the cover of the New York Times entertainment section. He had no control over any of that. Right. So all he all he can do is this is the story he planned on telling halfway through his 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 larger arc. I will say when I read it, I the reveal at the end I in my in my miasma of frustration over the fact that the wedding didn't happen I didn't realize who all were in that final page mm-hmm. and what that meant in the grander scheme of things Uh-huh everything that's happened in the first 50 issues yep all played into this and I yes. when I finished issue 50 I didn't give that any thought I wasn't uh, like oh uh, once I went back, I heard Tom on uh, on Word Balloon. He was on Word Balloon. I heard Tom talking about it, and uh, I was like, "Oh shit!" Mm-hmm. Like then I was like, "Oh man, this is way better than I even realized." Because a lot of the things that we've been enjoying about his run, they've been very carefully, intricately building to this, and there are overt spoilers and, and hints throughout the entire run. For example, um, real talk, I, I of all of the 50 issues, I, I found the Booster Gold to be, uh, arc to be a bit... Um, that was my weakest. This yeah, was, it, was the, weakest. it was the part I didn't I enjoyed the least. And part of it was because I felt it was almost like Tom knew he had to do the big thing at 50 and he had some time, so he wanted to play with booster gold a little bit. So he said, all right, I'm gonna do a booster gold arc to transition until we get to back to the wedding stuff at 50. But that's not what it was, it was there for. It was actually there for, for him to, um, a Jimmy Stewart moment where he, he basically does a, well, what if, what if Jimmy Stewart, uh, never really, really liked his alternative life? What if he didn't want to go back to his old life? And this was showing what, Bruce what it would have been like and it was another way of trying to show you the reader that the way to fuck with Bruce is to make him happy and what that would mean for him can he be Batman when he's happy and uh, there was even a moment where Skeese reboots in the arc and he's rebooting and it's like and he says and that was Skeets talking trying to say Bane so like all of these things are very tightly Brought together, or like in the in the Joker um, issue, where Joker shooting up all the churches, and then he does battle with Catwoman. Um, I never thought to ask, "How does the Joker know that? Uh, how does the Joker know that they're getting married? Like, how is it's not like they've sent on announcements." And apparently, in another issue of uh, back during jokes and riddles, uh, the Joker says he knows a secret given to him by the banana. And who's Joker's nickname for Bane, Bane, Banana. So like all of these things have been there. Mm-hmm. And I think that's super cool when you can layer a story where you can enjoy all of these things on some level and then not realize that there's this other level. Yes. So I, I, I got to give her boy props again. Yep. I'm not like I, I, I still wish that they got married. Cause I think that'd be cool. 
I presume they're never going to get married because I don't think he's going to marry them off in issue 100 because then the next writer's going to split them up like two two issues later. But uh, but yeah, man, it's uh, it's cool. But but Catwoman number one was a nice side piece to it. Um, I don't I don't know if like I don't know since I don't know what the next 50 issues have. I don't know if Selena is going to quickly come back to Gotham or if she's just going to be off doing her thing for a while. I, that I don't know. It seems like since they're giving Joelle this platform, it's going to be at least for a year or so that she's going to be doing her own thing, I guess. But uh, but I like the issue a lot. Did you read Catwoman number one, that? Yes. Did you enjoy it? I did. Um, I, I mean, you love Joelle more than I mean, you're the, you're the you're the Joelle Mark among us. I I absolutely love her work. It's um, the the it, it was weird. I was I I couldn't put my finger on it while I was uh reading the issue but there was um the style here is slightly different and i don't know i i'm not certain if that's because of um if if that's due to laura allred on colors because that's i don't believe that's who colored her on lady killer uh but the there's there's some extra lines on some characters here and there on, on, on the faces, on the clothing. It's, it's a style that I haven't seen. It's evolving. Yeah. I mean, no, it is, but it's, it's the, the style reminds me. I I don't, not, not from comics greatest world, but there's, there's an artist who I'm definitely, um, it's on the tip of my tongue and I can't, I can't think of it, but as I'm reading Catwoman, this artist keeps coming to mind um but i i i dug the whole setup uh the the splat the 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 final page of the issue uh really sets me up for um for where we're going and 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 to read the second issue i'm i'm more interested in what selena's doing really than i mean yes the 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 big bad is is frightful and apparently has their uh had her family is um is scared of her but i am really more concerned about selena um there's a small supporting cast we're introduced to but that's that's kind of where i'm that's my focus i i, I want to read more about selena i'm not so so the the villainous doesn't isn't moving me just yet. I mean, it's it it's cool and it's it's a neat visual, um, but it's it's Joel and it's Joel drawing Catwoman is what what brought me to the dance. So that's that's what I'm looking forward to for the next couple of months, and and then we'll um we'll see how things play out. But I I it looks great. I have um you know, it may not have been the meatiest of first issues, but it it hits all the beats it's supposed to hit and and really kind of uh what's your appetite for for what's to come so i'm i'm on board with catwoman for a while as far as um backtrack to to batman 50 the um it's there were things that were happening in that issue um especially when holly was talking to selena and facial expressions change and and 
that where 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 the seed of doubt was planted, and then it, it would it reminded me of the reaction to Batman Fifty reminded me of people who were reacting to Infinity War because half their heroes are gone, and and how is that the end of the movie? And it's like, but it wasn't. It wasn't their movie. It wasn't their story. It, it was Thanos' story, and, and his story is done as far as he's concerned. He did what he was supposed to do, and that's it. This, this, this yes, it, it, it was the wedding issue, but when you get to that last page, that's as soon as as soon as it's revealed, and the bat is broken. It it wasn't as much as it probably should have been, or you were led to believe it was. It wasn't really Batman or, or Bruce and Selena's story. It was someone else's story, and that's and and that's where he's left it. I mean, until today, and that today's issue is pretty cool. But it, it it's there's I dug today's issue a lot. Oh, absolutely, and it looks fantastic, man. Weeks is, is has tapped into that that um, that Ramita Mazzucchelli kind of vibe going on. His Commissioner Gordon yeah. is straight out of year one. It just looks fantastic. Um, but yeah, I I, I really. I know I, I didn't have an issue with um, I didn't have any problem with, with issue fifty when I read it. Um, I I I don't want to I don't want to to tell I don't want to write the writer's story. I I'm, I'm along for the ride. So whatever roads Tom's taking us down, that's cool. And and I may have ideas, but I'm not. I'm and I may want to see things, but I'm not going to. Let that um, color my what 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 I was expecting or, or, or where I think it should be going. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think I, I, it, this right now, you know, Batman is still in fantastic hands, and um, I I get the whole being upset about the whole marketing thing and the New York times with the spoilers. And, and yes, I, I, it's, it is wrong on many, many levels, but as far as the story goes, I have no problem with it whatsoever. So yeah. So, so Batman's still solid. Catwoman is off to a pretty cool start. And, um, 51 Vince is, uh, it's like a 12 angry men thing. Bruce is on jury duty. Bruce is on the jury. Cool. Sounds good. Now, I believe you had asked me to talk about a, a Corgi book, and that's what led to all of this. Yes, yes, and I found it. Um, so Corgi is, is, a, uh, is, a, is a book published by Top Shelf, and um, Corgi is a, it's a silent book, more or less, and it is a, it, it's Corgi with a K, but the story is about a Corgi. Um, Dog is, is the main character. And Short Tales is actually a collection of the um, the free comic book day stories that Top Shelf has put out over the years. Um, and Christian Slade, who's the writer, artist for Corgi, um, is a former um, animator at Disney. But if, if you like um bone or owly you'll probably dig this it it's a very um some of the art reminds me of uh like 
wood etchings. It's it's a it's it's black and white. There's no um like I said, it's all it's it, they're all like enough said stories and it's uh it, it's it's all ages. And so it's it's more of along the lines of a book that you would turn the pages with your kids and not necessarily read it to them. Um because there are pages in here and drawings and, and you'll, you'll, you'll be able to explain what's going on, but they're really, uh, you kind of need to see it play out. But I, I've, I had this next, I, I, I had short tales when I was going through things to, to send the patrons. I pulled this one out because I don't think, because I what with all the free comic book days. I don't think I was, getting the uh, I would get hourly from time to time but I don't I, I never got the corgi one so when this was solicited I picked it up and I have no idea how long it's been um, sitting in the box waiting for me to read if you want to call it reading but uh, yeah no they're, they're, like I said there's seven short stories um, it's very hard to review or go into any sort of detail but it's if you're if you're an animal lover, if you love dogs, if you love corgis, it, the art is is fantastic, and um, sometimes it's got a little bit of a of a Tolkien esque Hobbit feel. Uh, the, the The stories can be kind of are, are a little fantastical in spots. If if um, there's one story where Corgi gets gets a nightmare for. Um, for overeating things like that it's in, in in the silly aspects but it's um it's pretty it's i would say it's entertaining i i i dig it a lot there's not um there's not a whole lot like i said i can kind of go into here but if um if if you get a chance to pick up any of the um well, especially things like runton uh andy runton's owly um but if, if you are like books, if you're giving out comics for Halloween, things like that, this is definitely one of those one of those things that uh, can make it into the into the trick or treaters bags. I check Horgy out from time to time. I know that there have, that there have been collections and or um, uh, like OGNs, and I've picked a few up over the years and, and I've given them away. There've been. Um, it's not like you're going to read one and and it was a defining moment in the universe of Corgi. There's just they're nice little uh, stories that uh, are good for all ages. But yeah, so that that has been on my list for a while only because I recently sat down and uh, and read all all the seven of the stories in there. And they were all cute. It wasn't it wasn't anything one that that stood out, but they were. Um, it's it's a it's a series. It's a title that um, probably doesn't get mentioned at all. And and uh, if you do see it, then then it's definitely worth checking out. It's good stuff. I think so. It's it's hard uh, from an illustration standpoint. It's hard to do pantomime comics mm-hmm. if if you're not, especially animal pantomime comics. Because you don't have the range of expression with a human face that you would right. uh, yeah. with an animal face, and yet you still have to 
uh, elicit the same kind of emotions. If the dog's inquisitive or the dog's happy or the dog is, is, is scared, like how do you do it with a, uh, a dog's face that doesn't have that kind of range of emotions? Obviously, you have to embellish, but it, it takes a very unique um, – it's a very specialized talent, and I think um, uh, it, it's, it's on very good display in Corgi. It's, it's tough, tough to draw. You know, and and the dog's name is actually Sprout. Uh, her uh, Sprout's human. Her name is Ivy, and um, the, the the adventures take place in Corgi Hollow. But gotcha. yeah, like Vince said, it's it's very. Um, it's not. Uh, I mean, that Slay definitely you know will show Sprout's eyes bigger, or or um, he'll the, the, they'll do the tease where you know it's yes, the dog does look like smiling. Um, but yeah, there's there's a um, there is a bit of a talent involved in in talent, and especially when there's yeah, like you said, I mean, they're they're pretty much silent stories, so it's not there really aren't any word balloons where you know someone's trying to where where you get an illustration within the word balloon to tell you what someone is trying to say. It's pretty much just a straight up silent film. Right. Cool beans. We have other things that you'd like to get off your chest. Uh, well, I will say that, um, two issues into Tony Stark, Iron Man, <laughs> do tell it's, uh, it's an Iron Man book. <laughs> it is, but I'm, I'm, I'm amused by it. Oh, I, yeah. um, okay. yeah, no, I read, I read, I actually, I read them both today cause I, the second issue came out, I never read mm-hmm. them, got around to reading the first, um, I dug the first. Because it was it was done in one issue and and it was setting things up. Um, I like I like this Tony. He's not um, as big of a dick as as other stories where Tony Stark has appeared that I've, I've felt he was. Um, obviously, Brody's got some issues. There's there's um yeah I'm not quite sure when uh, Madame Mask was given this body and has become the, um, the wait. No, Bethany Cabe is Madame Mask, isn't it? Isn't she? Or is Cabe just a completely different character? Um, yeah, uh, I don't know. Um, in any event, um, I'm not sure if I'm down with the whole big bad reveal that was at the end of the first issue, and and but I mean, as far as Jocasta and 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 her husband and the mm-hmm. uh, and and Tony's crew um I have no idea where the hell the biological mother came from but I Whitney Frost I, my man is uh, Madam Mask Oh okay thank you mm-hmm. so it's okay it was definitely a separate character the um yeah I it's I I I like Slot's take on Tony Stark and and what he's what he's having the character and, and the whole Stark university thing. I'm, I'm kind of digging that right now only because I haven't, you know, yeah, there was, there was Dr. Doom as Iron Man and there was Ironheart. I know, you know, Tony's, I, for me right now, up until today, the last time I read any sort of, Iron Man with any regularity, it's always been from Bendis, whether it was in Avengers or whether it was. Mm-hmm. So, so to, 
in a way, this was kind of refreshing. So I, I, um, I don't, I'm not disliking it. I, I, um, I'm definitely going to read the next couple of issues. And I think, I think, uh, Skeety's art is great. Um, but yeah, I, I'm not, um, I really didn't know what to expect. And, and so far I'm, I'm kind of digging it. I really liked the first issue, as I mentioned, didn't care for the second issue as much. Um, I felt like the second issue uh, made me feel like we're back to it's. It's just a Tony Stark Iron Man book. Like it just like it just didn't feel different or all that special to me. It just felt like okay, this is going to be Tony and friends, and that's not usually enough to keep me around. Um, I, uh, I I do dig, dig Jocasta a lot, and Jocasta's hubby, and that he's jealous, which I think is funny. <laughs> um, but the reveal at the end of issue two rubs me the wrong way because I feel like just like you, you can't read an X-Men book without them either going out in space or fighting a Sentinel. It's like how many times can we go back to the idea of Tony fighting his own body for like that just seems like every six months somebody's like, oh, I'm going to do my version of Tony's body's failing him or Tony's got a it's just I feel like that's just such a I mean it's I mean it's the core of his character it's always I mean right I mean he, he had the bad heart and now it's like okay well his heart's okay so now we're gonna have his body degrade or it just it just I'm like all right dude I mean I, I'd like, like just give, give me a big bad let me let me see you fight him but uh <laughs> but um yeah I mean I I you know it's 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 comics so somehow some way Tony uh not only cloned his, himself a brand new young body but he did the same for Rhodey because Rhodey was dead Mm-hmm. And somehow managed to get Rhodey's actual mind and soul into a new body and and himself as well. So they got nice young did we viral learn, bodies. Did we learn nothing from the crossing? <laughs> <laughs> you don't remember that? Mm-mm. <laughs> well, you, oh, Avengers: The Crossing. Yeah. Yes. Oh yeah. Oh god. Yeah. It was horrible. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that's a low point in the Avengers. Yeah. Um, but yeah, listen, I mean, it's, it's definitely upbeat, which is cool. Um, not sure I'm feeling the Manticore thing though. Yeah, that's, it, it's, it, it's a ridiculous design. And I mean, and I, and I, I appreciate, uh, showing some growth with Rhodey not wanting to wear a suit. And, and I'm sure that there would be some PTSD involved in that. Um, but as far as it's graduating to, to the Manticore is not a step in the right direction for me. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah. Well, cool I, to see the gauntlet from uh, the initiative. From the initiative, yeah. <laughs> I feel like his, his gauntlet has grown. Really, a little bit. It's like a rock lobster now. But, uh, um, yeah, so listen, I mean, uh, it is what it is. It's, a, it's, it's an Iron Man book, which hmm. is not, 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 not an easy sell. No. I, same with me. I have some stuff. A lot of uh, a lot of stuff from one company, so I'm just gonna go quick. <laughs> just go quick. Um, I talked. This is all from Alterna Comics, which are surprising me. This company surprisingly, because low cost. More often than not, low cost equals shoddy production. And that is definitely not the case here. Buck and a half, 
for most issues, $1.99 for the double-sized ones. I read Zero Jumper number two. It's a four-issue limited series. Um, again, Juno's trying to find the power source. She's the last uh, human being. Earth is has been destroyed, and she's trying to find a power source that can enable her to manipulate time and space and undo the damage that's been done to Earth. Um, someone helps her out in issue two, and we think... Um, okay, this is a, a character that's going to be around because she's going to be a buddy and it doesn't turn out that way. She's been double-crossed and uh, put into the hands of uh, the very person that she does not be, want to be put into the hands of. So, good stuff by... Um, where's the credits? Patrick Mulholland. It's a one-man show. Colors are kind of neat. They're kind of candy candy color-ish uh, palette. It's um, pastels, which is not something you see on many books these days. But it works for this. Um, but the one I really enjoyed is Tinseltown, number two. And I, for the life of me, I can't tell you why I enjoyed this book. Um, I know that's not a, 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 a selling point, but it does not seem to be, and when you hear, uh, you probably... Uh, know the lowdown when I talked about the first issue this does not s seem to be a book that I would vibe on mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. it's it's. I gotta put my glasses on I'm getting mm -hmm. seriously I cannot see anymore that is how my wife is suddenly she can't see shit it's, without her reading glasses it sucks mm. uh, story by David Lucarelli art by Henry Ponciano and the lettering is by uh, HD, HDE, um, Tinseltown number two. Again, it's the story of Abigail Moore. It, it turn of the century uh, when um, the the motion pictures were coming up, and um, Utopia Studios, which is uh, thinly veiled analog to um, Universal, they actually had their own little police force on the grounds of their studios that would, you know, protect um, and serve. And Abigail becomes a, a police woman, 1915, right? So she's, uh, she's on the studio back lots and she's doing her job. And um, yes, she's put in a, a skirt and she's paraded around with a shorter skirt because this is Hollywood and she's, she's humiliated, mortified when that happens. And people don't really take... Um, her seriously because she is attractive and she's on a Hollywood set and you know she's not given a gun but she's basically doing the job of a police officer without the tools a police officer relies upon to do their job um, and when this issue opens there's an actor on top of a water tower that's attempting suicide he's going to kill himself he's going to jump right off this water tower end it all because he has gambling de debts and um, the studio has a morality clause, and um, he's, he's pretty much done. And she's like, what are you talking about? You're popular. Everybody, everybody loves you. Just go to another studio. And he, like, he didn't even consider that, you know, that he could take his mojo somewhere else. And uh, she, she coaxes him off the, the, the water tower, but he slips. And she catches him. Yeah, 
and the people down below go nuts and they think it's all mm-hmm. because this is Hollywood, right? They think it's all a staged. And so the actor plays it up. He's like, go with me. Make them think we planned this. Um, and she, um, she hooks up with a beau who was, um, the studio would, would have these casting calls for these rough and tumble guys, guys that could ride and shoot and, and, and tumble because they eventually got, few of them got jobs as stuntmen. So she gets um, cozy with now Abigail's a good girl. She doesn't sleep with the dude. So she she gets cozy with a, a guy that teaches her how to shoot. Which is 1915. If you're a woman, you, it's really not a priority to learn how to shoot a gun, uh-huh. especially in Hollywood. But because she's in this role as a police officer, she wants to know how to do it. You know, she wants to do her job, and. Um, Long story short, she's on the studio lot and something uh, surprises her and she pulls her gun and she shoots. And that's where the issue ends. Um, but Abigail's wholesome and she's innocent and she's um, optimistic and she just wants to do a good job. And she's a woman in, a, in an era when women were not taken all that seriously. And she wants to be more than then society has um, deemed her able to do. She wants to do more than they give women credit for. and they, they, The role of the woman is to pump out babies and clean the house. She wants more than that. She wants to do something with her life. And I think this book is great. Um, it's, it could be read by any age. It's, it's a great, great title. Um, but again, not something... Um, on which I would normally vibe, and that says something about the book, right? If these these car- uh, creators can latch on to, to get me hooked, a guy who likes body horror and, and all sorts of, you know, debauchery and, and, and perversion, then they're doing something right, because there's none of that in this book. Now, I thought when you started talking about it, I had... And I'm pretty sure this is nothing like this book from the 80s. But I had in the back of my mind, I want to say it was, I want to say it was Eclipse Comics, but it probably wasn't. It definitely wasn't first. It may have even been Slave Labor, but there was a comic where there was, I don't know if it took place in in the 40s or in, on an old Hollywood studio lot, but it was almost like they were a maybe a detective team, but they did one dude wore a fedora and like a domino mask and and he kind of looked a little bit like the spirit but it, it i remember seeing a black and white ad in the back of a comic and i thought for for a split second i thought this might have been a reprint of that series mm, no this is new stuff um it's it's very well drawn but it's very matter-of-factly drawn there's no embellishments there's there's, uh, I mean, it's it's well done, but it, it's not expressive at all. It, the 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 blacks are spot, spotted very well. The scenery is period specific. I mean, it's it's a book that I should not be reading, but I love mm-hmm. it. I love it a lot. And then, hey, I, I guess that's the best praise I can give it. They've they've won me over. Um, uh, David Lucarelli, I guess his his grandmother. 
was in the same role in in real life, so that's what prompted him to read or to to write this story. Um, so he's writing part of his family history as well as fiction. So it just it's it's wonderful. It's Tinseltown. It's only a buck and a half. Um, wait till it's collected if you don't want to get the individual individual issues. It's only a five issue limited series. Do the math: five times a dollar fifty. It, uh, the whole series will cost you less than some single issues out there. Mm. So it's on newsprint, which I love. I love that Alterna Comics is printing everything on newsprint because it's it just it's like the Wayback Machine. It's, it's great stuff. Check them out. I, I like it a lot. I don't know what else I could say. I'm surprised, and I will. I, from this moment on, I will not be, because I'm going to chalk it up as a testament to, to the creative team that they're good at what they do. So they make even me, black-hearted bastard that I am, <coughs> enjoy this this very optimistic, simple, wholesome book. Aw. Mm-hmm. Yep. Door. All right. Want me to take her home? I'm backing into the driveway. Why don't you you back that truck up? All right. Hey, everybody. Thank you very much for being here with us. Once again, this has been sponsored by Discount Comic Book Service, dcbservice.com, where you get your books, get them fast, get delivered right to your door for a mere fraction of the cover price. Image has The Bully Wars by Scotty Young and Aaron Conley, $1.99. Coda, trade paperback, volume one from Boom. It's called Discover Now, $4.99. Unheard of. And the deathbed from Vertigo, sixteen ninety nine cover price. Yours for a paltry eight dollars and forty nine cents. That's half off. I still have another one that I didn't talk about from Alterna Comics. It's an anthology. It's called It Came Out on a Wednesday. Mm. It's only two dollars for yes. fifty six pages. Well, damn. Um, Eli Powell, the guy that did Infernoct from Scout Comics that we talked about, um, did the cover. Uh, There are many, um, it's an anthology, there are many different uh, things going on here. There is an Exilium story that leads it off. Exilium is a miniseries that will be coming out of Alterna Comics, so it's like a preview of what's going to be seen in that miniseries. There is a Wicked and the Righteous two-page story that I believe, I don't read the Wicked and the Righteous, but that's a, a series that is coming out from Alterna. I It um, ties into that. It's just fun, um, well-done comics on newsprint. Uh, there's a story called The Maddening Sound by Peter Semetti and Michael Oppenheimer, that kind of echoes what goes on with Superman. This is a Superman analog who can't seem to block out all of the many voices he hears in his head. And it, it drags him down, in a, in a sense. Um, there's an interview with Eli Powell, the cover artist. It's, it's fun. It's two bucks. So if you are looking to branch out from the norm and... Um, Go down a, a uh, little tiny alley that you've never been down before. Try these Alterna Comics things because they're fun and they're, they're not going to significantly add to your monthly budget at all. 
Hmm. Yep. Came out on a Wednesday. And Kelly Williams is going to be in. Yep. It came out on a Wednesday, number two. Oh, it's sweet. Yep. Yeah. Um, I think he did the cover a while ago, he said, at Heroes. But um, not really speaking of body horror, but definitely mm-hmm. scratching that heavy metal itch. Um, second issue came out today as well, which I also read, which means I got to read the first issue for the first time today by Farrell Dalrymple. This is Proxima Centauri. Numbers one and two. Um, I, I was telling Daniel White earlier today, I don't think there, there seems to be like this. This just seems pure from his mind to the page. Like there's, there's absolutely nothing, nothing breaking away that the path from his head to his fingers to the pen, to the paper. There's nothing interrupting that. There's, And I don't think he picks the tip of the pen up off the page until he's run out of page. It just seems like one continuous stream of conscious story. It's, it's, it's crazy. It's beautiful to look at. I have no... It's... I, I think I can kind of tell you what's going on, but I don't really... You kind of have to figure that out on your own. Basically, Sherwood is looking for his brother Orson, and and that's that. That's kind of all I really want to tell you. It just it looks so. It's the most heavy metal thing Image is putting out, and and I know that you know, that Dustin Weaver had that anthology, and and that kind of felt heavy metally, but. This blows that away as far as I'm concerned. It just, and I'm not talking about from a artistic standpoint, just as far as what you're getting on each page. And, and I mean, there is, there's no space wasted. He is, he is, Dyrumple is, is, is noodling and drawing all sorts of creatures and, and garden gnomes and cats and, and little scientifical technological spheres. And it's just, it's nuts. And, and Sherwood is, is, is a is a young kid who is thinking to himself about the things that he's seen and experiencing and and he doesn't he he thinks he's smarter than he is so when an adult talks like down to him he kind of like you know he resents it a bit and it's it's just it's you're not really he still has some growing up to do it's just it's it's nuts it's six issues second issues out i i I kind of want to say I don't know what's going on, but you kind of do as as you read it. It's just it's it's nuts. I had no idea what to expect when when I started flipping through it, and and I'm absolutely floored by it. There's there there's color. It looks like colored pencils. There's some just plain old pen and ink. It there's a lot going on here, and it's it's and some of it it's it's kind of Mad Magazine esque. It's I love it. I I have no idea how I could describe it. And I know I didn't really, but I, I think this is probably going to find its way on my, on my 11 o'clockers. I, I can't um, wait to see where this is going. I'm, I'm, I really have 
no words for it other than just I really want people to read this. I think it's I think it's amazing. That's what I want you to read this week. Well, sweet. I did. I read the first issue the uh, day it came out. Mm-hmm. Uh, you enjoyed it a lot more than I did. I'll put it that way. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. To each his own. True to that. each his own. Um, in your travels uh, from Kaboom, which is a all ages imprint from Boom Studios, uh, written and drawn by Mr. Derek Lofman. It is Ruin World number one. Um, I uh, ordered this on the power of the solicit. Uh, the interior art in previews a few months back caught my eye. I'm always looking for cool all ages comics to read with my youngest son who digs digs them. And this did not disappoint. He loved it uh, as much as I did. It is um, it is a, a fantasy comic with uh, anthropomorphic characters. The uh, lead characters are Pogo, who is a um, loving, faithful sidekick pig, and Rex, who is our our protagonist adventurer. He is a fox, and uh, they are doing their fantasy adventuring throughout the lands, looking for treasure, and they come across a map. Uh, and the map is, uh, of course, as are all maps, leading them on an epic journey of riches and fortune. Uh, unfortunately, Silly Pogo, who is um, means well but is not always the smartest dude, manages to lose the map very early on in their adventures, and they're they're stuck in these uh, these lands known as the Ruined World without a map. Uh, and hijinks ensue. Um, it this is uh, in terms of the artistic style, it's 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 straight out of a, a cartoon. It's it's almost like you're looking at cell animation. Um, Holden, my, my son, loved 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 the illustration. Um, it really does look like it's uh, you know snapshots from a a cool Disney cartoon, and uh, the character designs are neat. There's a, a little bug dude that um, they they uh, team up with for a bit, but he's uh, he's a little bit of a double agent through no fault of his own. He's being blackmailed. There's a um, a group of uh, of toughs, the bad guys, if you will, that are uh, there's a, another wolf, but he's very big and full grown. There's a, a bull and a bear. Um, it's uh, it was a lot of fun, man. It was it was like the same kind of animation you would have seen in in, in the Ducktales cartoon uh, in a comic book set in a fantasy land, and uh, an absolute home run with its intended audience, which is to say, a nine year old boy. So. If you are, if any of you listeners are looking for a book for your kids to enjoy with you, this is uh, definitely something to add to the list. It is Ruin World, all one word, by Derek Lofman from Boom. Sweet. It's a five-issue limited series, too, I should say. That's so important. Sure be a, nice, a nice collection of it in a few months. Yep. Hey, everybody, if you want more of this, visit us on the internets. You can come to our Facebook page. Uh, it's always kicking. There's people talking all the time on there. Uh, Twitters, we're on there. Come to our Patreon thing, patreon.com forward slash 110COMICS. That's 11 o'clock comics without the apostrophe. And in the meantime, do dap a solid and say good night. David. Good night.
David, you didn't do a little the... quack. Well, I was thinking you would do it. Well, you know what? Since you mentioned the Patreon real quick, you have until tomorrow. That would be Thursday. So when you hear this, you have until, if you hear this in the morning, you have until 6 o'clock Eastern time. The book of the month for July is going to be voted on. And uh, it's, it's currently being voted on. Um, polls close tomorrow. And your choices are BPRD, Volume 1, Hollow Earth, and Other Stories. Big Guy and Rusty the Boy Robot. The Girl from Hoppers. It's 11 Rockets volume. The Goon, Volume 1, Nothing But Misery. Judge Dredd, The Complete Case Files 5. The Killer, Long Shot, The Mask Omnibus Volume 1, Point Blank, The Spire, and Werewolves of Montpellier. And and that's that's a Fantagraphics book, right, Jason? Um, what is? Werewolves, the one by Jason. Oh, uh, I assume so? Yeah, I assume so. so it must go. be, because that's why I have it, because I did the Humble Bundle. From fan, right, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. So there you go, folks. There's your 11. You have 18 hours left from this recording, from this moment. Uh, so we will announce the, well, we'll, uh, we will, we'll announce it next week for anybody who doesn't know, and we'll try to, um, well, uh, we might have to try a bonus episode. Oh, well, you know, we'll get back to you on that. Because the end of the month might be a little iffy with some uh, unexpected traveling. So we'll see. We'll see when we'll get this Book of the Month episode recorded. Wow, I'm looking at the votes. Yeah. Come on, people, vote. Well, actually, we've we've got a bu- 89 votes so far. And, and that's, I, I like that. It's, it's, that, that's, as of right now, that, that has been more than we've had in the past even though we've had more people eligible to vote. Can we move some of these votes around? <laughs> is, that, is that kosher to do that? No. What is it you're looking for, bro? Uh, not what's in the lead. That's for damn sure. Oh, really? Yeah. Why is it on the list then? Because it's on the list because they vote on it. But I didn't think, right, it, would, but I didn't think it would win. We have control... But- we, there should we, be nothing on the list that like makes you cringe. No, it doesn't make me cringe. Is I've read it so many times. Like, okay. Oh, same. Really? Yeah, I'm with you. I'm I'm with you. I, yeah. But that's okay. We'll make we'll make lemonade. That's great. We can fudge this. So uh, <laughs> come. No, we won't yeah. though. <laughs> come back next time. We'll be here with a hot or cold beverage of your choice. Just let us know ahead of time. Call the hotline. Yes. Yeah. Call the hotline. Do we have the number? I bet you want the number. Handy dandy. The number is 914-246-2102. One more time for Jason because he doesn't pay attention. 914-246-2102. Thank you. <laughs> we'll be back. Join us. Join us. Say it. Please? Mm. Join us. Nice. Nice. <laughs> Can I get you both to do it? Yeah.
In tandem? Oh, oh shit! <laughs> that was so good! <laughs> I, love I love you guys. I love you. It's so easy. <laughs>